Lots of chatting and frolicking and just <laughs> <laughs> well, digitally frolicking, virtually frolicking. Mutual, mutual, brala. Mutual, mutual, brala. This is the mutual broadcasting Hello, you're listening to the Radio Reversal Podcast. Woo! My goodness, can you believe we've made it here? This is so exciting. It's so exciting. Yes. Um, I'm Anna. I'm going to kick off, as we always do, by paying some attention to where we're meeting today. We are recording this episode on Yagara and Turrbal country in uh, so-called Brisbane, it's also known as Maguncheon or Mianjin. We want to begin by paying our respects to the rightful owners of this place, past and present, and to think about what it means to ground all of the conversations that we have in the material reality of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples' unceded and omnipresent sovereignty, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is something that you're going to hear us coming back to over and over again if you stick around with the Radio Reversal podcast. I'm Anna. I am so excited to be in the studio this week with Nat, Han and Shreya. How are you all? Hello. The whole team all together. Like, it's been such a long time since we've... It has. If if ever. I don't think so. (laughs) Four of us in the studio, yeah. It doesn't happen that often. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we, we brought us all in today because this is our first podcast episode Mm -hmm. and we're incredibly excited about that because it's been a long time coming. I think frequent listeners to the radio show on 4ZZZ would uh, have heard us like threatening to start a podcast (laughs) for maybe a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There have been drips and drabs. um, Possibly a decade. Yes. (laughs) But we are so excited to be finally doing this properly and in earnest. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, hopefully some of you will be heading along this afternoon to our launch party, which is uh, at the Woolloongabba substation. Um, But we are really excited today to be kind of setting a bit of context, I guess, for what it is that we hope to do with the podcast. Um, Regular listeners to the radio version of Radio Reversal will know that we've been on the air for a while and Mm -hmm. we've been doing very similar kinds of work as a radio collective in trying to uh, amplify kind of grassroots struggles, um, pay attention to the political conditions of our lives and use the tools of audio storytelling to kind of um, bring into clearer focus the the most urgent questions of our lives. Um, And we want to extend that beyond the airwaves. Mm. (laughs) So what is is radio reversal, Nat? Oh my gosh, what a why would you throw to me? Uh, is radio reversal? I mean, so look, I mean, Anna, you've been doing this show for the longest of, of all of us, but I guess for me, the way I think about it is it's a project of learning and reflecting in public. It's a kind of practice of, of yeah, grappling with the material conditions of our lives using all these different kinds of tools in a way that I think takes seriously the kind of thinking and theorising and reflection that happens in 
struggle that happens in community and that happens in place. And part of what we've been doing at Radio Reversal um, over, I guess, the last 10 years is really trying to bring that to the airwaves, share that in accessible and inviting ways and help give people tools and paths into to contributing and being parts of these movements and struggles here around so-called Brisbane. And what we want to do with the podcast is to make some of that a little bit more permanently accessible. One of the things that's lovely about radio is that it is ephemeral, right? It kind of, you do a thing and then it vanishes and there's a kind of, there's something romantic about that, I think. But we, over the years, we get to talk to some like truly fantastic people, like terrifyingly amazing people, give us their time and share their thoughts with us, share their art with us, share their struggles with us. And we want to make something that is more accessible, that's kind of indexable, searchable, archivable, so that this can become a kind of living resource for, yeah, whoever wants to be part of this, this collective. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And what is Radio Reversal to you? Uh, I guess I was thinking about this quite recently, in particular the way that it uh, offers a space for sort of collective I guess, theory-making or, or also, like, engaging with uh, with thinkings of the world that we're living in um, in a way that can kind of you know, call, call ourselves in and others um, and invite that kind of collaborative idea-making and, and idea engagement. Yeah, I guess there's, there's a big uh, kind of, like, critical thinking kind of element to it, but it's, it's in this way that's so joyful and uh, not just about, like, tearing things down. Mm. Um, and uh, Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, there's things that we need to tear down. So, uh, but it's, you know, it's not about just like pointing out what's wrong in the world, but like also repeatedly returning to the places where resistance is happening. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that's a bit the like grassroots element, but like also, you know, we all to some extent have engagement with the academy, the university institution mm -hmm. um, in, you know, the colonial settler epoch and place that we are operating from and in. And I think it's such a gift to be able to engage in this kind of thinking and work in ways that uh, invites those outside of those spaces to be thinking with us uh, and also like forces us to grapple with these ideas in ways that mm. don't just reproduce this logic of um, in, like internal logics of, of criticism and, you know, getting the ideas right or being yeah, yeah, right yeah. about <laughs> things. It's, it's not about like a correctness. It's about like constantly uh, returning to engagement with what's happening right now in the world. And, and it also, yeah, like uh, the kind of opportunity to have like world events and things that and like local events and, and the way that they kind of like flow in and impact the thinking that we're doing that it just... It's for me like a way to avoid any sort of like tendencies to separate myself from mm. from all of that happening, which um, I think, yeah, doing work within the academy can really encourage uh, through both having way too big a workload and uh, the the demands that are placed upon you in in the immediate sense that can just like drain you of the energy to to step out and be where you really are and and engage with what's happening in that place. So mm. for me, it's all of that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Shreya? All so well said. I think all the wonderful words have already been taken. I have nothing left to say. But for me, being a visitor and coming here, it's been so much about like community building, skill sharing, 
also critical thinking and you know tearing the world apart but also giving us each other with the co-thinking and i recently read an article by fern and eli and they talk about militant co-research and i think mm-hmm. that we do that and we embody that so well so it's not only about the critical thinking and tearing everything down but it's also like strategically thinking and trying to make or build or envision a world that's outside of that or like providing alternatives or even giving even if not giving alternatives just trying to think about different things together and i think that togetherness for me is the main thing about radio especially with like me being unstable and traveling so much i think it's something that's always rooted me to a place which has been for me extremely important as a visitor so for me i cannot think about being in mianjin or being uh, or my time at um uni or as a phd student or even now in this precarious position without thinking about radio reversal and as you introduced us earlier and i'm a bit jet lagged so i almost was like oh yes welcome to you know radio reversal it's you know uh, 9 am and this <laughs> and i'm like oh no we we've gone digital you know you can hear us at 9 am 11 pm whatever the time you want <laughs> lots of chatting and frolicking and just <laughs> well digitally frolicking <laughs> virtually frolicking yeah. um and all of this wonderful like creating community creating the space to just think and mm. grow so for me it's all of the wonderful things that nat and han said but also all of this thing of like just doing the things together and just creating the space mm. for thinking mm, absolutely and and learning out loud right mm. which yes. i think is something that we we talk about a lot and come back to over and again maybe we we should because Some people might have never heard our radio show before, which means <laughs> we might have brand new listeners mm. who don't know us. So, uh, my name's Anna. Um I have been doing Radio Reversal, the live radio version, um mm-hmm. less digital frolicking, more live radio. <laughs> uh for almost for over a decade in fact um <laughs> since I was a wee baby university student um and I am a white settler I live uh on Coolperum which is sometimes known as Norman Creek uh and radio has been for me one of the places that I have done the most growing and learning out loud my dear friend Bryony Walker one of the co-founders of Radio Reversal has often described radio as being um where they learned to think and mm. i feel very similarly like the experience of um as shreya put it the the sense of of learning together of being constantly invited han as you put it like back into this this place of grounding in in the the kind of ongoing resistance practices mm. that are happening mm. um but coming back together over and over again to think and rethink and that this is something you and i talked about when we were thinking about what we wanted to discuss in the first episode of the podcast right was like where did we begin with mm. our conversations about radio and um how has the project shifted in its new era of digital frolicking what do you reckon well i should say i'm nat um i use she her pronouns i'm also a white settler uh living here on uh unceded jagra and turbo country um and i don't know how to answer your question i think <laughs> sorry <laughs> no i mean i think it's something i think about a lot because there's this sense sometimes that you have to pretend that projects don't change you know mm-hmm. like that there's some some sense in which you have to be like oh yeah well you know radio reversal's been around for 12 years and it's exactly the same as it was when it began and that is absolutely not true mm. and i think 
it's also a testament to what it means to be building community education projects mm. is that you learn from doing them. <laughs> this is true. And I think this is a thing that's happened when we've at times dug back through the archive we have, the incomplete archive of radio reversal shows over the past 10 years or so. And I have only been involved, I think, for, I think a Facebook memory told me it was seven years since my first show, um, just a, a, a couple of weeks back. Um, is that there's there's definitely a moment of I, I got to say cringe right like sometimes when I listen back or think through how I approached shows when I first started radio, um, but really what that means is just that I've learned a lot right mm. and that obviously I would do things differently now than than what I did when I first started and that's actually you know as as hard as that can be to sometimes have to confront those past selves. Um, that's obviously a good thing, right? The if I would do them the same. The lasting truth is change. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think when I first got started with Radio Reversal, a lot of what was happening was, you know, we do these deep dives around particular concepts and we would spend a lot of time grappling with and making, trying to make accessible, often quite abstract or esoteric academic theory and then try and apply it to everyday lives and sort of show how these concepts can or maybe sometimes can't be, be useful in how we're, how we're understanding the worlds around us. And I think over the years it's become a lot more focused around, around interviews as well as using recordings of what's happening around us um, here in so-called Brisbane primarily. Sometimes that's speaking with uh, academic experts, so still has that sort of, you know, kind of complicated relationship with, with con the conventional academy, but also people who are just like other kinds of experts, uh, drawing on their lived experience, drawing on their own reflections, um, experiencing particular phenomena, experiencing particular issues. And yeah, so it's become almost, I think, a little bit more of a, a composition with, with lots of different kinds of materials over the years, which is really, I think, quite exciting. One of the beautiful things about working with Han in particular as well um, has been also for me and I think for you as well, Anna, um, learning to think a little bit more with, with music um, as, as part of the kind of ecosystem of, of thought, which is one of the things that is actually harder for us to do <laughs> in the podcasting format. It's something that live radio is particularly good at. Yeah. So, you know, you should still tune to 4 Triple Z sometimes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. What, do either of you have thoughts on how, um, how you've seen the kind of the, the sh a shift, I guess, in, um, in radio reversal or perhaps the, the goals you imagine when you think about the podcast and what we might be able to do in a um, slightly different radio format? Oh, the possibilities are endless, though. But um, when I first came into radio, which was almost four or five years ago now, Oh, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but um, it was it was the two-hour show and there was a lot of planning, a lot of preparation and there still is planning. I'm not saying we've gotten lazy, but, you know, <laughs> times change, priorities change and I think having a succinct one-hour show with music um, has made it so different, but also it makes you um, more accessible in ways as well. But for me... I've come to, it's made me feel a sense of belonging more to the place that I am. It's made me feel more grounded. But also at the same time, it's also made me feel like, oh, people are interested of what's happening in like, say, for example, when we invite friends over, what's happening in Afghanistan or Sri Lanka or India. And people want to know. And also what a skill that I have learned and picked up in these years is, okay, what is happening in India? Why is it? And that's a question I ask myself every time I'm doing a show is that, okay, why should people care about this like conference that happened or this debate that happened at the Green Institute, anti-citizenship amendment act protests that happened in India? Why should people in so-called Australia care about these things or how can we relate it or how can we ground it to places here 
and i think there's so many of these connections that we don't see when or we don't think about but when you're talking and you're um digitally making things or producing knowledge together and just co thinking you just see these beautiful threads of connections which are so problematic which have such um violent histories attached to them that i wouldn't have foreseen them otherwise and mm. i wouldn't have built a connection between oh australia and india besides the fact that i am an indian living and working in australia but now i see myself coming from a post colonial country living in a settler colony and i find that contention so interesting to always pick apart and draw about and i always say i'm a visitor in this land because i still don't have any i'm always going to be precarious till i get some kind of citizenship or residency or something like that so for me that precarity allows me to navigate get the space with the deeper sometimes nuance but also sometimes not being so bothered about the politics which i'm not blase about it but sometimes i do ignore it because i'm like oh well i can only be so involved because i don't have so many rights that another person would have mm. so for me it's interesting navigating it and for me these are the skills that i have picked up while sort of navigating radio in these last 5 years and i think it's exciting that a lot of the conversations now won't be cut short and it's not like oh my god we're running out of time i'm pretty sure we're still going to run out of time <laughs> that's a forever radio reversal problem when you put like four beautiful people in the in a, in a room just to chat about wonderful things problematic things um stressful things but yeah that's what i've learned and that's the change that i've seen for myself and i think the show as well mm. Mm. what about you han i guess I should give Shreya the opportunity before I do to uh, do the little self-introduction things as we didn't oh. do earlier, so please. <laughs> I am Shreya, I use she, her pronouns, and I am a settler and a visitor in this country. I'm originally from India and I've been living and working in Australia, in so-called Australia, for the last five, six, seven years now. Mm. Yes. Mm. And I'm Han, and I am a also white colonial settler, uh, trans non-binary. I grew up west of southwest of Toowoomba on Guyabal and Jadawaya country, and have lived largely uh, the largest part of my adult life here in uh, Mianjin, Brisbane, usually south of the river <laughs> on Yagori, Garapul, mm. uh, and Turrbal country. I am also a musician and I come to the podcast via engaging with a lot of, or to the podcast, to the radio show first, <laughs> uh, via engaging with a lot of the beautiful folks around me uh, through a reading group, the BFU Radical Reading Group. Also really trying to seek intellectual affinity outside of the particular like enclosure of the music conservatory <laughs> mm. um, within universities. Uh, and then, you know, that's, that's also really led to my now working within the academy, but outside of uh, the music enclosure. Um, but uh, yeah, I play the flute. I also make electronic music. I play with Matt Shue's Obscure Orchestra um, and uh, a bunch of other solo things I play under the Ma- moniker Cyber Banshee. Yeah, now now I'm doing that like fun straddling day job and, and mm. being a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, like moving into a podcast, yeah, I guess like thinking music-wise, we will have less music 
um, in these and, and meatier discussions. And I guess music has served, like, in this particular way in Radio Reversal of sort of breaking up the conversation, sometimes, like, complementing conversations, mm. uh, like, doing some of the thinking with us. Mm. Um, and I'm curious to see, like, how this will function without that particular element. Um, but also, yeah, I think our, our past as a radio show will uh, live on a little bit uh, and we'll see what happens sound design-wise in future in the mm. podcast. And mm. I'm kind of excited with uh, podcast possibilities because I, I see that, like, I'm a big listener of podcasts and, um, yeah, having having a lot of... Being someone who has a lot of conversations with themselves in their head and then um, (laughs) also, like, sometimes needs a break from those conversations and the easiest break is sometimes conversations that other people are having <laughs> in my ears. 100%. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see how the conversations we have uh, play out for others and, and the responses and the kind of, like, community feedback, I guess, a kind of community peer review process sometimes <laughs> um, uh, that might uh, occur through being able to share in this new way. Absolutely. And I think for, for listeners who are um, tuning into this particular collective for the first time, um, a couple of notes. We, four of us, are some of the current producers of Radio Reversal, the live show. Uh, we are not the entirety of the collective. And um, over the years, lots of incredible um, co-thinkers have come through mm-hmm. the Radio Reversal project and continue to shape it in lots of different ways. Uh, so you'll hear voices um, beyond the four of us over the course of the podcast. The other thing I wanted to flag is that for listeners who might not really know why we locate ourselves in the ways that we do in this show, um, I think putting some some concepts around that is useful. One of the things we like doing on Radio Reversal is kind of broadly political education work, so kind of trying to share some of the tools that we've mm-hmm. learnt from participating in, in political organising and community spaces. Uh, and one of those is a gorgeous body of thought that comes out of um, feminist communities, Indigenous communities, um, and uh, often black and queer communities uh, of standpoint theorising, mm-hmm. which means taking seriously the ways that we're located in relation to political structures and trying to attend to what that means for how we see the world, how we try and make sense of it. So when we locate ourselves with like a set of monikers, it's not to kind of perform um, liberal identity politics. Uh, it's to be accountable to the places mm-hmm. from which we, we speak and think. And this is particularly important in audio forms, right? You can't yeah. see us. Um, mm-hmm. And although the kinds of assumptions that people make based on how we look are certainly not always accurate or correct, um, it is worth acknowledging that um, audio can be a really anonymizing uh, form. And so we do have to do different kinds of work to be uh, to be clear about where we speak from and where we don't we got to talk about what we're doing in this exciting podcast Mm -hmm. um so there's kind of two main threads Mm -hmm. of radical radio goes digital Mm -hmm. our exciting (laughs) new um digital frolicking i feel like this is (laughs) is going to be the tagline i'm loving it i am all for it i am a big frolicker i'm a big proponent of frolicking in all forms so let's do it and the launch party is like we're all going to be in our element. Frolicking, so absolutely. Totally. This is like an underrated form of active transport is frolicking. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I also, um, having just recently spent some time with my partner, um, Ari, also trans non-binary, we both kind of identify as trans non-binary, bisexual, lesbians, um, and we uh, recently spent some time on a nude beach 
uh, on Araquel, Bajalung country, and decided that uh, while there's this like peacocking tradition amongst gay men on nude beaches, uh, the dyke equivalent is to frolic and retreat. So yes. <laughs> oh my god. Frolic yes. and retreat. Oh, I love that. Amazing. So yeah, that's that's yeah. That's Thank the next you. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> frolic and retreat. Okay, the two strands, Anna. Mm. The two strands. The two strands. So Nat, you and I have been talking about this for years, right? Yes. But um, there's kind of two two things we want to do in moving into this digital world, and one of them is to kind of finally do something with this incredible archive that Huge. we now have mm-hmm. um, from 10, 10-ish years, over 10 years for some of us, of uh, making radio. Mm-hmm. So this is 10 years of, you know, recording at community events, of interviewing mm-hmm. organisers and activists, of um, conversations with academics, mm-hmm. of thinking out loud, you know, like learning, looking back over old show plans, mm-hmm. thinking about all the stuff that we researched in the past, um, all of the protest marches we went to and recorded mm-hmm. sound at. There's a really rich set of materials that we've got. And one of the things that we're kind of trying to do at the moment is is really take stock of what what we have there, but also think about the incredible gift it has been for us mm-hmm. as something that has materially shaped our thinking. You know, certainly for me, this is something having just come out of a PhD program, if I think back about the things that materially shaped my thinking the most, it is actually what it means to have spent 10 years attending community events and recording Mm -hmm. sound and listening to it again and again in order to record it and then playing it on the radio and thinking about it Mm -hmm. again. That kind of return process that you talked about, Han, that sense of what it is to do um, audio storytelling is to kind of return to things, to think so deeply with Mm -hmm. them. And so one of the things we, we want to do in addition to the podcast is really start populating a kind of digital archive of yes. these materials, particularly things like recordings from community events. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. One is obviously that it's if we have these recordings, we should do something with them. And the other is that it's a way to make accessible things that aren't always accessible. Mm-hmm. It's not always possible for everyone to go to protest marches for a variety of reasons. It's not always possible for everyone to go to every community event. But learning with those things is mm. incredibly has been incredibly transformative in my life. And mm. so I feel like the desire to do something with that is what animates that sense of the, the digital archiving project at least. What about what about you, Nat? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a huge part of it for me is like we we talk a lot about how these are yeah, sites of learning and theorizing and, and making learning how to make sense of, of the conditions of our lives as well as engage in these kind of imaginative practices around how things could be otherwise. Um, that kind of thinking is happening in all of these spaces. And again, like, you know, as someone who's very much entangled with, with the academy, learning to see and attend to those other sites of thinking and really taking them seriously is a huge, huge part of um, what I've learned to do here at Radio Reversal. And so I think part of building an accessible archive, something we can index, something we can make accessible for people, where we can also package transcripts and, and things like that to, to genuinely make these, take them seriously for what they are as, as opportunities and invitations to learn, um, learn collectively and, and learn in a kind of reflective mm. way. And then the other part of it will be the the more formal podcast um, 
series which we're planning on structuring around seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Each season will have a kind of overarching theme and will be composed of a bunch of different materials. Some of it will be digging back through that archive and bringing things back and and maybe updating or reframing them um, or (laughs) holding ourselves accountable for for some of maybe what's in there and and how we do things differently and having that opportunity to to learn and and to do better again. Some of it will be new interviews and new recordings from, from things that are more contemporary, as well as of course, packaged with the overarching kind of chatty framework that, that we use to try and, um, yeah, find accessible ways to, to draw things out of these conversations and interviews and recordings to um, talk about how we can make them active and carry them with us in our lives. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about what the first season will be? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. And the, the first season, um, like, like lots of podcasts, one of the things that we have struggled with over the years is doing it. And um, we are really lucky. We're, we're launching our podcast later, later on today with the wonderful Andy Payne from Paradigm Shift, uh, which is another long-standing 4 Z radio show. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Andy uh, invited us to, to launch podcasts together after many years of, of um, Andy and I talking about how we've been meaning to podcast our shows. Um, which has been a, a wonderful, um, urgent impetus to <laughs> finally make this podcast. And so the first season is, uh, it is a bit of a cobbling together of, of conversations that we've had over the course of the year, but animated by some really urgent um, political questions that we're facing here in so-called Queensland right at the moment. So the first season digs into some of the recent, recent in the course of, for example, um, 2022 and 2023, uh, amendments that have been made to what's called youth justice, mm-hmm. the Youth Justice Acts in Queensland, uh, and particularly some of the changes to bail conditions for young people, mm. leading to uh, a real increase in the um, number of young people who are being um, locked up in Queensland. Mm. So this is the sort of this is the sort of political kernel at the heart of the first series. Right, is a series of of amendments and, and transitions that have been happening in the legal system in Queensland, and the set of media discourses mm. that have surrounded that, and the political implications mm-hmm. and sites of resistance to those amendments. So we're in that first season, we're going to be really digging into the kind of racial logics of incarceration in so-called Australia, what it means to think about crime, policing, um, the politics of policing in the context of a penal colony, Mm -hmm. what it means to think about those in a context of a long history of policing being used as a tool of racial control. Um, but well also discourses around youth and, mm-hmm. and the rights of young people and the conditions under which young people can be incarcerated and held uh, and, and how that um, interacts with ongoing ca- incarceration for those classed legally as adults by the state and, and those kinds of questions as well. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I think there's a lot, of, there's a lot to dig into and, and one of the things that the first season tries to do is kind of model what Radio Reversal as a broad project has often tried to do which is to take these kind of political events that are happening mm-hmm. in the world, things that are often really important to understand and dig into and intervene in, um, and try and understand how they came to be mm. and therefore try and find those points of leverage at which we can strategize together mm-hmm. beyond the collective's part of radio reversal within broader communities, how we can strategize together to um, change these kinds of systems. So these are... 
these kinds of conversations we we hope are part of broader sources of political resistance. Um, we're not simply aiming to better understand what's mm -hmm. going on, but better understand what's going on in order to find those sites of potential resistance, mm. find those places where we can best leverage mm. possible transformation. So that means that this first series is going to really try and dig into what it means to think about crime, criminality um, and colonialism and the relationships between them, um, but also really build on the, the gifts that we've been given over the mm -hmm. years of incredible interviews with incredible um, scholars and especially uh, Indigenous abolitionist mm -hmm. scholars who've taught us the ways to think about crime, criminality um, and the kind of um, so-called justice system in ways that understand that you have to challenge it from its roots. Mm. So, yeah. Not ambitious at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> so simple little six-part series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and we, I think by being able to kind of have this opportunity to, to kind of curate and recompile these, these different materials to, to frame them up around the, the political imperative of the moment um, while connecting it to longer histories um, and practices of both understanding these, these systems but also working against them and resisting against them, hopefully we are also opening up those spaces for possibility and, um, and yeah, collective political action and transformation. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that we want to be super clear about in, in all the work we do and uh, all of the iterations of Radio Reversal um, is that this is not an expertise-based podcast, mm. right? We, we're, not, we're not digging into these questions as people who, for example, in this first series, we are not people who speak from lived experiences of incarceration. And that's not the location that we inhabit in relation to these topics. Most of us speak from varied locations of complicity in, the, in enabling systems of carceral violence to occur, either as settlers in mm -hmm. this place, as people who are in various ways invited to kind of launder or legitimise carceral systems. Um, concepts that, again, we're going to dig into way more in this first series. But the purpose of this, this work and the kind of work we're trying to do here is as a contribution to broader political mm -hmm. education projects. Yep. So certainly not intended to be a primer on, um, you know, thinking abolition in this place. Um, there are incredible other places to find that work and one of the things we're excited about with the podcast is being able to also build reading lists that will go alongside mm. our podcasts we've set up a sub stack which is mm -hmm. how hopefully you've all found your way to this um this conversation radioreversal.substack.com there you, you go <laughs> what you'll find on the sub stack each week when we release the episodes is the episodes themselves a bit of a write-up of what's in that in that episode and a series of links and suggestions mm -hmm. for other reading, for materials you can follow up on, for um, other conversations that have mm. shaped our thinking on this. And where where relevant um, links to upcoming events and, and um, upcoming ways that you can mm, get involved and campaign and, and participate and get active in these spaces. Absolutely, yeah. So there's there's heaps of, um, I guess there's heaps of elements of, of what we're kind of trying to do with that and I think the one of the big things about wanting to make a podcast specifically, wanting to, to kind of do something more structured with these conversations, um, is wanting to think um, pedagogically. Um, <laughs> I hope deserves, you heard those scare quotes, I hope people. You did, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because this is something that we talk about a little bit. Does anyone want to reflect a bit on what it means to think about like a pedagogy or radio as a pedagogy? 
I think earlier um, in the year, in the reading group, we were doing some thinking with Bell Hooks writing on uh, teaching and uh, the kind of liberatory practice of pedagogy. One of the things that really struck me and I think that has sort of come up in this conversation is how often pedagogy can take place outside of like the institutions we usually associate with it, educational institutions, and in particular, like the pedagogy that's found through like public discussions at protests or yeah, or like speeches Mm. at protests and uh, yeah, protest as pedagogy or like other fugitive kind of forms of sharing information and knowledge and and growth and thinking together. Uh, I mean, when I hear the term pedagogy, I'm remembering like learning how to teach instrumental music uh, like that we literally had subjects called pedagogy uh, in undergraduate music studies Mm. um, and it was very much this kind of one-on-one formalized teacher-student relationship that um, really models a kind of like master apprentice kind of uh, thing and and unlearning some of that unmastering some of some of those tendencies and and um, seeing pedagogy as something that instead happens collectively uh, and that there's not really a teacher and a student, but uh, rather like a, an interactive um, learning process, which when we're like recording and and you're not able to like join the conversation directly might feel a little bit counterintuitive, but it's a, it's a kind of offering of thinking uh, and from whoever we have as guests uh, and the, the discussions that happen on the show that then I think could, you know, that opens up to further engagement that, that uh, does go both ways and does, you know, we definitely do a lot of learning and we're just kind of sharing some of our learning process sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, I think a lot of what we'll uh, be playing on the show is like fragments that have really opened up new spaces for us and uh, you know have that potential maybe for others so yeah mm. you forget that uh, people nodding along as they listen to the <laughs> podcast <laughs> is a two way engagement mm. or saying words that we have forgotten or just being like yes that's a aha moment so it is still a two way street in that way you sort of the podcast that I listen to continuously, I feel like I know these people, especially when you hear the surrounding sounds and everything. So I think that, yes, I, the pedagogical part, it's a word that I've always struggled with <laughs> uh, in more ways than just the literal um, understanding of it. But I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. And, and your well, both of your responses reminded me, like, it, it's interesting because when I think of radio reversal as a pedagogy, I think of it as a pedagogy of um, my own learning. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it hadn't occurred to me to think of what we're doing as educating, although, of course, it is also that because um, learning and educating are um, two sides of the same coin. But I think, um, I think you know, Nat, when you and I have talked about this, this sort of pedagogy and what it means to think about pedagogy, it's also what it means to take seriously that we are the beneficiaries of yes. other people's yeah. scholarship, thinking, theorising, mm-hmm. organising, agitating, um, and to try and honour honor that work, right? Mm-hmm. And this, this sense of trying to think about the ways that we can do that, the ways that we can bring together the kind of the sets of conversations and theories that are already being produced um, and attend to the ways that they've shaped our thinking and offer that as something that um, might also be interesting and useful for other people. Absolutely. And this is kind of reminding me of um, what Sarah Ahmed talks about in terms of feminist citational politics mm. um, and about being able to, yeah, really attend to and honour the many sites of learning and the many kinds of um, 
offerings from people that we get to think with, people and places that we get to think with. And again, this is something that does feel like we can um, bring to stronger fruition through the podcast because we it will have this sort of accompanying Substack package um, of lots of different kinds of materials that we can point you to and, yeah, hopefully provide you a way into, I guess, one of the things that I think is, you know, I remember how just, like, truly intimidating I found my early entry into political spaces and community organising. Like, for me, it wasn't something, wasn't a tradition I grew up with and often my first foray into these places was completely alone and I didn't know anyone and it was terrifying and I found it really hard and I guess I th- I'm hoping that part of what we can do here is by also modelling our own uh, uncertainties and questions and complicities and all of these other complex feelings we have around some of this stuff um, and learning to grapple with it in ways that feels constructive and um, useful, Mm. um, we can, yeah, also hopefully maybe make some ways in for other people who are in similar positions of not not sure how to engage but wanting to um, I'm hoping we can kind of make some of that a little bit easier. Absolutely. And there's there's two things that reminds me of, and one of them is that um, as someone who's now in my 30s, um, I am in the very privileged position to fairly often now meet, meet organisers and activists who are at least a decade younger than me, mm-hmm. uh, who are coming into political spaces and doing incredible organising work. And one of the things I'm struck by over and over again is the lack of intergenerational um, theorising mm-hmm. and the lack of intergenerational skills skill sharing that often happens predominantly in uh, non-Indigenous activist spaces Mm -hmm. or in uh, settler activist spaces, uh, where people often leave movements when they arrive in their sort of (laughs) mid-30s or early 40s. And what it means is that there is this real sense of each generation having to start from the beginning again, you know. And I find myself having these conversations with people who are uh, consistently surprised to hear that uh, particular that we tried particular things ten years ago, you know, or that yeah. particular yeah. Um, that we were asking similar questions ten years ago and trying to figure them out even then. And mm. and I think there's there's something really useful about being able to pay attention to that for me specifically as the particular kind of nerd that I am because I'm interested in the ways that these kind of patterns and cycles function, the ways that um, political dynamics loop around, that strategies Mm. get tested out, they get resisted and then they get repackaged in new ways. And I think thinking intergenerationally, thinking across these kind of longer timescales is also a way to attend to um, the kind of political machinations of the present mm. in a way that's um, maybe a little bit more rigorous. We don't get um, sucked in by the new stories, the mm. mystifications and in the quite urgency, the same way. Yeah, yeah, the, the kind of like urgency of the media cycles, but also the, um, I mean, I think there's so many things that play into that, uh, like coming into activist spaces and dropping out at a certain age, but the kind of burnout that that is both created by and creates that, um, that loop, that that trap is really something that it took me a long time to be able to recognise uh, wasn't just something that was happening to me or like mm. a personal failing and not just to my generation kind of thing that was happening kind of, uh, yeah, has, has been ongoing, an ongoing part of particularly settler um, like collectives of struggle against capitalism against uh mm. yeah settler colonial violences and and um yeah so so telling these stories in ways that that trace longer time frames and and kind of uh retaining some of that history is is also protective work for for um helping to 
maybe break down some of the perfectionism and and over ambition and and over commitment that I think um, a lot of people can fall into in their twenties and and uh, then necessarily like necessita- necessitates I can do words um, uh, yeah like falling out in your thirties mm. yeah yeah and the the second thing for me um, which I think links to that directly is uh, this this interest in um, uh, thinking about the conjuncture and thinking about this idea of conjunctural analysis, which again, um, listeners, if you stick with us for the first series, you'll hear, hear us dig into a little bit more. But in its simplest form, basically means thinking about the kind of political conditions of the present, not as something that's sort of um, innate or fixed, um, but as these these kind of moments where pre-existing contradictions and tensions and, and kind of possibilities rupture the status mm. quo to create the specific conditions of the present. And part of what I think we're, we're kind of really interested in doing Doing is in using the, the breadth of engagements that are possible through through radio um, to kind of try and understand the the present conjuncture in the, the place we are uh, so that we can contribute to, continue contributing mm-hmm. to that work of finding what um, Professor Chelsea Watergo has referred to, finding the opportunities in the crisis mm-hmm. um, and learning from the people in the case of Prof Watergo's framework, um, finding the, the people's, uh, in, in particular Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, who are already finding mm-hmm. those opportunities mm-hmm. and making the most of them. Absolutely. We're almost at the end of our first episode. Yeah, Can you believe it? Um, final thoughts, anyone? Uh, um, don't forget to like and subscribe now. <laughs> <laughs> My only, um, I don't know, a sad thing is that nobody can see our air gesticulations <laughs> as we're talking and laughing and smiling and like vigorously nodding along or just like humming and hawing. So pity that the audience or our listeners cannot see that. But um for me, what's exciting and my takeaway is that I'm still excited to do radio and that would address mm-hmm. the more like um, not urgent crisis, not going from crisis to crisis, mm-hmm. hopefully, but uh, looking at the more immediate concerns or like discussing that. But then then when you pick up like a particularly nuanced thread or something that needs a greater unraveling, then we can pick it up in radio mm-hmm. or like have these beautiful um, themes that we can pick up and then uh, hook together all of these beautiful weavings that we yeah. have of all of these stories that we've collected and that we've collectively um, told and stitched together and come together. So Absolutely. I'm excited. Mm. Yeah. I guess the other thing I'd want to add is just that, um, yeah, we'll be talking to all these people that are um, in some ways... Uh, you know, considered "quote unquote" experts in the fields that we're looking at, but but that we're also trying to think differently about what that means. Like, what does it mean to have expertise? What does it mean to have knowledge? And um, that you know, the episodes that follow this will will uh, yeah definitely have the occasional academic showing up, um, and it will also include activists who have had long uh, participation in struggle um, or not so long, like that, are, but are deeply participating. Um, it'll include people that are speaking from lived experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that kind of standpoint uh, ethic in mind uh, and also uh, artists and people who are engaging with these kinds of ideas in in maybe less conventional conventionally like intellectual ways um, but uh, you know often have very deep thoughts uh, that they might be sharing about 
some of the questions, even when it might not seem like uh, that's exactly the thing that we're turning to at that moment. So, you know, mm. if we're having these deep conversations, I guess this is also like for me coming from that kind of arts uh, intellectualism <laughs> background, like um, the kind of idea that I might have thoughts to contribute on, on deep legal questions or things like this that, um, you know, while I've been involved in activism, I, I really haven't, uh, like I don't have that kind of knowledge base around like, what uh, the legal apparatus of the state looks like or, or this kind of thing. But, um, I mean, being, you know, a uh, citizen and complicit in that kind of system gives me knowledges that I wouldn't have uh, known that I had. And mm. I, think, I think there's also uh, a lot of people that think with these ideas uh, in, in unconventional ways that can offer more conventional experts and, uh, and learners, such as ourselves, uh, new possibilities for approaching some of these problems and yeah mm. gorgeous for me i just want to um just want to say uh a big thank you and acknowledgement to mm. um to four triple z who um have hosted and been huge supporters of radio reversal the radio show um and continue to be will continue to be to be a broadcast show as well but have also been like so supportive of this podcast project and and of um yeah of, of the sort of evolving mission of Radio Reversal over the years and to all the many producers and contributors it's been a it's a big shifting collective and I'm um yeah just feel really grateful to everyone who've kept this project alive for so long and who've who've invited me to be part of it it's um one of the great privileges of my life mm. likewise yeah mm. um so as Nat said Huge thank you to 4ZZZ. Um, we are broadcasting and recording these episodes from 4ZZZ in uh, um, Mianjin Maguncheon, so-called Brisbane, here on Yagara and Turrbal country. And uh, if you want to keep an eye on our podcast, you can follow us on Substack. Our Substack is radioreversal.substack.com. You can also find our steadily growing SoundCloud archive um, by checking out Radio Reversal Collective on SoundCloud. Uh, links to all of uh, the surrounding content will be on our Substack, so you should definitely subscribe. Mm -hmm. Chuck your email in. Um, it's, it's all free to access, so you should do it. Absolutely. Yay. Amazing. How do we end a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think we, we laugh and we fade out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>